Hi, everybody. It's Ryan from Pi Records, and I'm here with Dave Klein of Agent Orange, the Bomboras, and many others. And not to mention, he's um, a world class producer and recording of surf music and punk rock. How are you, Dave? Good, good, good. How you doing, Ryan? Very good, very good. First of all, I want to say I love your shirt. I'm a big fan of Johnny's. Uh, oh, yeah, thanks. Yep. Yeah, Missing Fink Records. I do a lot of work with him. I've been friends with Johnny for a long time. So it's just, it's awesome to be able to like um, work on the stuff. But yeah, we've done some really cool stuff. Like, um, I have a comp here. Like this one, for instance. This was this Vincent Price. Um, it says this, the evening of Vincent Price comp. Wait, here we go. Let me get dressed for this first of all. So this, yeah, this totally. comp, we did a new one. But this one's actually the cover's 3D. Let me get ready. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's if you guys can see what I'm seeing right now, the 3D <laughs> cover, it's really totally bitching. But um yeah, Johnny's put a lot of cool stuff out, including like the new one we did. I remixed the um Ghastly Ones and Earth record. So that's coming out. Yeah. That's that's actually right now we're waiting for test press because everybody knows vinyl is whatever six months out or whatever so right yeah. now we're getting close to getting the test press back and it's just the vinyl release because we never we never put that record out on vinyl so it's kind of neat for to get all the stuff out so and johnny's johnny's awesome to work with i yeah. mean it's really it's just fun he's like very he's like um very like grassroots handshake uh oh yeah i had a problem i had to restart it <laughs> oh it's okay so Sorry if I'm, I'm blabbing it out in Hitchcock. So like this one, everybody get this one. He still, I think he still has them, but it was a tribute to, to Vincent Price, you know, and I mastered this thing and I got like song in there and stuff too. So it's cool. And there's a little bonus EP with it too. But uh, yeah, we just did another uh, missing thing release is it's the Halloween comp. It's the no costume, new candy, no candy comp. Oh, wow. But I just finished up recently. It's like 30 bands. It's going to be a double vinyl. And that just went out to the guy Wes who does the cut the cutting engineer that cut it so it's gonna go to press but um I'm not sure what everything's so delayed and stuff that the Gaslight ones record actually kind of pushed me back as far as finishing up the Halloween comp but Johnny really wanted to get that that uh Gaslight ones comp uh record out too so tell know. me a, a little bit about the Gaslight ones uh record uh are you guys gonna be playing at all to support that or uh, right now we're not really sure it's like you know it was just right now because the band hasn't played in a long time so it's like you know we're we're hanging out and stuff too but it's it's right now for the time being is just put that out and then see because it's like everybody's really busy with careers like norman's yeah norman and garrett are both working on movies or tv like i think garrett's doing more tv now and norman's doing more movie stuff so those you know those guys and then with me with the studio and stuff too it's like that I'm not really even in a band anymore. I'm just doing like I'm just doing pretty much like um, just doing studio stuff. But you guys want to see a sneak peek of something with Gaston ones related? Absolutely. There's gonna be a test pressing coming out. And this is the this oh, is wow. like the prototype of the artwork for it. So nice. You didn't see it here, <laughs> but I had that. Yeah, Johnny just sent it. That's glow in the dark too. The inks to like totally glows in the dark. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but that thing that that the unearth pressing is already the pre-sale thing's already sold out for it. 
So for the putting that out. That's that's missing thing. Oh wow. That's Johnny. Hey, what's with that? What's your coffee cup? Darth Vader. Oh, is it Darth Vader? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like trying to figure what it was. Um, but um yeah, so that's a, so that's that's gonna be exciting to have that stuff out though. But um anyway, sorry, I was blabbing about what well, one thing I was talking to uh, Art for Music about was the Bomboras for for quite some time, and uh, he told me not to talk about it and that we were going to set up an interview eventually. But now I have you here. Um, you, you just released something new. You want to you want to talk about that? Well, there's an EP. So sorry, I gotta fix this real quick. There that so. I actually left the band like over a year ago. It was so I, I recorded an EP we did right before my departure from the band. So we did it. And then I actually, with my schedule and everything, I sent it to Evan Foster to mix it. And then it was done. So it's a, it's the new, it's like a four song EP that we did. That was like, um, I think I recorded it in like 2019, like, oh, that, wow. like, like part of 2019. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I got my hands full of this place now. So it's just like pretty much, you know, so they're, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure if they're doing shows and that stuff too, but um, I think they did one show as a benefit, but I'm not really even keeping tabs on things right now. I'm just kind of like staying focused on this, you know. One of, one of the cool things I, I uh, came across as I was interviewing bands that uh, you have recorded is your um enthusiasm uh the, the way the guys would be like oh this could use some bongos here you just kind of jump right in and like become a part of the, the the process not only in recording but making the music yeah i try like you were seeing like those rap records where there's like the producer guy comes in and like does like his cameo yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just you know it's just fun to play on people's stuff plus you know there's like something that you know i think would add a little extra sparkle or something i'll do it like we did so like that uh, um the 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 um sunnyside five song we did that's on the on the bob dally comp oh yeah, that yeah. One, i played bongos you know like that kind of stuff so yeah i'll do little things here and there i do some session work and stuff still you know people need like drum tracks or organ stuff i still do that stuff too but yeah, no, it's fun. You know, just whatever. I, I don't look at like one preconceived way of doing records in a way. So it's just, you just, if you can add cool stuff or whatever, because I don't think, I don't think, I think records can be, you can embellish songs more if you do stuff like this is your big chance to like do a bunch of cool stuff with your songs that necessarily you don't have to do live. And it's, you know, it's like, here's the band live, which is cool. Then you hear the record. Oh, it's, it's got this cool electrical thing. It doesn't have to necessarily be every single thing when you play live. It's fun. I, I like production on stuff, like adding cool little things and stuff. So that's the official way of putting it, I guess. <laughs> well, that's the next thing I want to talk about is your your studio. Um, I, I I want to say what I read was you've been doing it. You've been you had your own studio or recording other bands for for over twenty five years. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I've been recording and stuff on records for probably like thirty years now, but. Um, yeah, that, that's about 30. So me professionally working on records, I started around like 2003, 2004. So I've had, I had one studio, I had Eagle Rock, then I have this studio here, I have here in Highland Park in my place. So it's just a live room control room in a hallway. Like, and I brought a guy in that professionally tunes the rooms and stuff. And then um, 
a um uh i lost my chain of thought i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah no um no i, I love working on records um uh, i just completely sorry i just spaced out for a second oh that's that's cool that's cool um let me ask you about agent orange how did you get hooked up with them because they're one of my all-time favorites so that so i guess the funny thing is i i, I used to listen I, I was a skater as a teenager so i I, one of my favorite bands was Agent Orange, and then later on, I got hooked up to the band because I, I met Mike Palm a couple times. Like, uh, so first time I met him, and the funny thing is, I didn't even realize it was like Mike Palm from the band. I just met Mike, and it was I was at a show. I was at a that there was a we played a show in the it was like Lord Hunt the Missing Thinks played a show in L.A. and there was a thing called the Cacophony Society. I'm not sure if they're still around or not, but they're kind of like a dramatic LA group that does like they would do these like kind of pop-up little events and stuff too so we played this event and it was supposed to be like like a war like a 40s bar or whatever like World War II bar and there was like sailors and stuff fighting and all this stuff like that and he came out and oh it was the Finks not the Lord and the Missing Finks it was the Finks and he shot pictures with this 3D camera so he actually sent those pictures they're like these 3D pictures of us and wearing our red cardigans and all that stuff too and i met him there and you know it was just this guy mike or whatever right then like fast forwarding later i i, I ran him in another place and talked talk to him and i was always an agent orange fan too it was, it was really weird <laughs> and then uh jumping head to the this, this ties in the ghastly ones we we the ghastly ones played a show with agent orange at this drive invasion uh that that david sutton used to put on these like there's like the Drive invasion, all this and that. The key had his family that he was married to had uh, a couple of drive ins. So they had one in Atlanta and one in like uh, Covina or whatever. So we opened for Agent Orange and I was talking to Mike afterwards and I was just like, kind of like saying, telling him, like, hey, you know, it'd be cool if we opened for you guys, like played with you guys again. And then, you know, we're both kind of drunk or whatever. And he was like, he thought I said maybe playing for him. Now, fast forwarding past that, the, uh, I, the Gasolins played at Dick Dickerson's Guitar Geek Festival. And we did this, we did a show doing like a likey, like a you know, Japanese all instrumental set. And we had Dave yeah. Pilgrim came down and played with us too. Oh wow. Dave from St. Pilgrim's, you know, rest in peace, my friend, you know. Yeah. So we did that set, and the guy, the guy who was there was Larry Dean, came up to me at that show when we played, and he's like, Oh, hey, you know. Cause I was playing organ a lot at the time for the ghastly ones more than I was playing drums. He's like, Hey, you still play drums. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Hey, would you want a sub for agent orange? And I was like, sure. That sounds rad. <laughs> well, what he actually meant was that I think they were looking for a replacement, like a new drummer. So he said, he's like, okay. He's like, all right, well, Mike's interested. I'll talk to Mike and then I'll keep in contact. Well, fast forward six months later, I kept practicing the songs and stuff. Finally, you know, it worked out where Mike wanted to talk to me and I talked to him and then I was in the band for 10 years. You know, it just, after that, I tried out with the band that came out and then just started doing like the, whatever, 120, 150 shows a year. And then wow. I did it for like 10, through like two, 2019 and then just started focusing on the studio, you know? So it's just this, the more I pushed the studio and everything, the more it's, I just, it just kind of kept me yeah. busier and busier. I just, my focus has changed, you know? And I got, I've been, you know, I'm no spring chicken now. So. <laughs> this is a little uh, easier too so. how uh how involved with um agent orange was steve soto when you played 
Oh, he was long, like he was long, long, long gone. That was like he was. There's been a lot of you know over the the force the band's been around for what like forty years or so. So, or not longer, seventy eight or seventy nine. So, he was like Steve was like the original bass player, but um, twice he came and played on stage with us too, or he came and sang while we were playing or something. We did like El Dorado and another song or whatever, like once or twice. So, you know, but I don't think. I, I don't think those guys, Mike and him, talked for a long time too. And you know, he was doing the adolescence and all the side projects and everything yeah. too. So, um, so it was nice. It was cool to be on stage and have Steve up there too. I remember us playing the um, "It's Not Dead Fest," which I think they only did it once. And we were um, we played earlier on, and then I remember like kicking it on stage when like the adolescents were playing and stuff, and talking to Steve. And I used to see him once in a while too. He's super nice. It was sad, you know. Rest yeah. in peace. Mr. Soto, he was a, that guy was so crazy, like amazingly talented and he just really connected with the people really well too. He was just such a, like a, like a, you know, like a legend, you know, legendary guy too. And just a huge talent and, you know, nothing, can't say anything more nice, you know, just such a nice guy too. He was really super nice to me and stuff too. So, you know, he played with so many, it's it's kind of sad. Oh, I know, and every record he was on it was just like outstanding too. You know, yeah, totally. So just, let, let's get back to your uh, your studio. Uh, when did you start decide? When did you decide? Um, was that out of necessity or, or out of curiosity that you started recording bands and or yourself? Well, you know what the thing about it is, just I think the first, I think I was seventeen. The first record I played on. So I think the first recording I played on was it was a Witch Doctors EP we did. It was just like four song EP. And ever since then I got like the ever since I started going to the studios, I just got like this like like bug, like the studio. I just love you know. I think it was first just looking at knobs and stuff. It was like oh wow, it's like so much cool stuff to look at, and I like the process and everything. And then just kept doing it, like just kept playing our records. I'd ask questions, but really it didn't. I didn't really, really start to really do anything with it until like the early 2000s. And there was a, there was a guy that, he's a good friend of mine. He was one of my mentors too. This guy, Chris, Chris Damerst, that I connected with or became friends with. And that was, I actually met him through Norman from the Ghastly Ones too. Like they were good friends. And Chris, it's at some point I started doing recording. He kind of just, he just started, I was interested and I was I would listen to anything he'd say and any suggestions he said, because the guy's, he's multi, he's like a multi-Grammy producer too. So he used to master my records and stuff, but he would just give me all this, like, just, I would just like a sponge. I would start listening to stuff and he would show me things. He showed, he was the first guy to show me any kind of production stuff. And then eventually it led to me early 2000s doing internship at a studio. It's a big studio here called Conway Studios. That's there on Hollywood. Yeah. They're on Melrose. Uh, Melrose, right by like Paramount, the Paramount um, uh, movie uh, studio. There, it's like yeah. like two blocks away or whatever. So I did an internship there, and I was working there for a while. As I was doing some assisting and stuff too, and then I, I just decided to start working on my own records because the thing too is when you work on the studio like that, you're working like eighteen hours a day, and you really never get to work on your own stuff, or you know, you're working for you're kind of working for the studio as opposed to working for yourself. And it left right. me no time between working a job to support myself and then working at the studio too. Barely left me time for stuff. So 
I figured I would just kind of go off my own, you know, it was nice. That place is bitching. It's like big need consoles and every microphone you want, all the, you know, it's like big huge rooms. And I met like the first day I was there, the first night I was there, I answered the phone. And I, I, I talked to the, it was, uh, it was the crown prince of Benai when Michael Jackson was, was living with him and, or whether they were producing it together. And I talked to the, the crown, I talked to a crown prince on the phone. It was like the weirdest thing. He's like, this is the crown <laughs> prince of Benai or whatever. And it was a thing setting up for Michael Jackson to do, but we had to set up a video monitor and he was producing something with some band. I don't remember the circumstances. It was years ago, but I met like Bowser from Sean and I talked to him for a while. And then, like I talked to the you were on the phone through rhythmics. I met, I met like, uh peter asher and then i saw a lot of hip-hop artists and stuff just it was like a ton of people that i met of oh, afi was there and room five and all these people like you know just it was a you know it's a completely different environment than what i have here but that place kind of i got a lot out of it from being there too just of the thing that people don't really don't really realize about production and stuff maybe it's more about being detail-oriented than anything too trying to pay attention to details and stuff when you're working records and that was like the thing that they were trying to teach people and all these like a lot of kids i worked with that were there that were doing internship they were just trying to hand out uh, their demo cds to producers and stuff too like just the wrong thing you know they, they went to, i never went to school for this stuff those guys their parents put them through school and they would just do this internship and they would throw these these guys out because they were done they would always bug the producers and stuff so you know it's been kind of a long haul doing this stuff for me and uh expense <laughs> just like upgrading your stuff it's like you know you got to be like kind of a crazy person to want to do this stuff or have money i guess so i guess <laughs> well, i'm just I, a crazy I, person i see uh like you said labor of love i i see uh your posts a lot and it looks like you're always having a blast with the different bands when you post on facebook um um you meet a lot of people um what's a typical day like um seeing doing the, the 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 basic tracks down and getting to getting to talk with the band and meet with the band about what they're they want to do well every day kind of varies you know the thing is like some days like um i mean usually like a typical day it depends on if the band's in here or not too because a, a lot of days i'm working on mixes too i'm like mixes or i'm doing mastering um i like to post just to keep try to keep the projects promoting the projects I have working on here too. And, you know, just kind of keep the general interest of the studio and the algorithm going too. Um, but I mean, you know, like a general day is me like responding to people and making sure of a post and then just working for a while. Like right now. So yesterday, yesterday, like I, I had uh, Patrick in here from the unclaimed doing guitar tracks, but earlier I was finished a master for a, from a, punk band this punk, punk, punk rock vatos or they're called prv 13 and it's got um rick agnews in it and uh oh. heine and all these people too and jatan so i did a recording from them um covering it's a uh blue Esther cult song it's the uh revenge of uh, vera gemini song <laughs> so i had to finish mastering that for that comp and then patrick came in we did guitar tracks because we're doing the new, new unclaimed album and then after patrick left I had a dinner break and then I've switched another I'm, I'm right now I'm like working on these mixes for a band called the Pic, uh, pictographs from San Diego. They came in here like a couple months ago. So like every day is like this, it's like juggling pretty much, you know, 
So it's, so every day to me is like 10 to 12 hours a day because it's either I'm trying to correspond with people or trying to follow up with people and I got to work too. So that's self-employment's like double the work that it is. Yeah. Of everything Cause you just gotta, um, you just, there's a thousand things like here. I'm like, I'm like Schneider, the maintenance guy. And I'm the CEO. And I'm the guy, <laughs> I'm the producer. I'm the, the, the guy who runs out and does the errands. I'm the guy that, you know, it's all these things you can do, right? I wash the windows yeah. and I clean the toilet, you know, all that, whatever other stuff you have to do, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it, it, I guess it keeps you out of trouble in a way. It, 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 when you get to do mixes and stuff, even remastering, I'm guessing it could be a little tough on the ears after hours of doing it. Do you find the, uh, like you said, the way you break up the day and get like a fresh listen of something else that helps out? What? I, I cut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, you know, well, the thing is, I think one of the misconceived things with mixing is actually you should mix at a really low volume. So, the especially. Like I work super low when it comes to volume, especially with like levels, because you can really hear stuff. You step out of the room too. I go in my hallway and listen for like vocal levels, but I try to get breaks. I mean, sometimes I do like crazy long sessions too, but you know, excuse me, I just try to get try to take breaks. But there's only so much breaks you can take when you're working on stuff too. The best thing I try to do is mix and walk away from stuff. You know, yeah. Like I'll mix it, walk away from it, come back the next day with a fresh perspective. So. Yeah. Like even the pictograph stuff, I have been doing some editing. So I do, I work on the, the mix initially, and then the next song I just kind of do edits and stuff and then walk away from it and come back to it and check it. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention to you that uh, I spoke to Lewis Bailey about mm -hmm. um, was the mastering you did of uh, his instrumental stylings of Lewis Bailey record. And... Mm -hmm. The, the different time periods in which all those recordings from all those different bands took place. And it's remarkable how seamless it seems through the whole record. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, the goal for mastering, right. Is like, yeah. the, 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 you know, on that, on that note, yeah, his stuff, I mean, his stuff was, it varied a lot, but it wasn't as off as much as like, say for instance, when I work on these, the comps, like the missing thing comps from that stuff too, or, or I just did the Bob Yali one, the, the you know the the um, Surf Raiders comp. I, oh that, yeah, that yeah, stuff. yeah. And um, woo, that's it's funny the thing too because lately I've been doing a lot of mastering comps, and that's where it gets tough when you're trying to make all these things work together. You know, yeah. just to make them so that as because you want to make it a cohesive record, right? Right. And when you work on like this compilations too, sometimes from the band I'll get stuff from the bands that is already mastered. Even though I ask for, you know, I'm like, I try to get as much unmastered stuff because it's easier to make them all an even playing field. But I've learned that there's a little art to like kind of unmastering mastered stuff and then remastering it too. So it works, especially when you're working with vinyl. Vinyl, you can't, it, vinyl doesn't, you want, you don't want vinyl to be like slammed and like digital, like all crazy brick walled and stuff. You want to have yeah. room for the cutting engineer he can adjust, he does the final adjustments as far as volume stuff. So I just try to get them all evened out and just same thing, just sound like a cohesive record. So it's tricky. And then there's a record I'm, I'm pretty much done mastering for this band called Stay Out. They're, they're a, like, I'm like a kind of skate punk, 90s punk-ish, you know, modern punky band from the Bay Area. And they came down here and recorded with me. I recorded their 
we did 18 songs in a week wow like talk about on like record they came in really super awesome guys and their manager steve is i'm so glad he's really like cool and easy to get along with so we had we had a blast we had an awesome time their drummer does mixing too so they basically i sent the tracks to him they wanted to do a little more tracking and stuff up at home and then he sent me the mixes and i'm mastering it and it's funny that after working on all these comps where you're just like trying to deal with all these songs that are like completely different playing fields their records like all it was easy for me to master because it was all like consistent i was yeah. like well i forgot how, how to work on a consistent record because it's like <laughs> it's challenging the, the 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 all these compilations like the bob one bob daly's comp and everything yeah. um i just gotta walk on work and walk away work and walk away work and walk away on them yeah I'll just start off and kind of get them there and then go on to something else come back and you just keep checking it but you really have to have like a fresh perspective on yeah. that stuff too it's just it's tricky but you know at the end of the day i'm all stoked if i can get it where it all like sounds cohesive and i'm like all right i did my job if people are happy and it sounds good then it's like what i was set to do right awesome yes. so that's yeah. the goal yeah so that's the, the, the audio audio stuff i like because it's it's like you can always keep learning you know so it's 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 you know it's just there's always something to learn or a new way or trying to like hone your craft or whatever it's you know it's this constant uh work in progress it's um one of the things i i did was visit your your uh website for your recording studio and i went down the list and you said it was in incomplete and i i, I no, no lie it was it was the whole page like <laughs> all the all yeah, the bands <laughs> there's a bunch of bands i did stuff with that i just haven't the, the, you know i just haven't had a chance it's like on my list to do just to up, like update my my list there you know i was gonna do i actually took 10 days off during the holiday like the holiday like for the first time in my life i actually took time off and it wasn't because i was touring i was like oh i can actually take time off and i i stayed you know just to stay home and i i didn't go in the studio for this 10 days like it was like christmas and new year's time and I wound up doing stuff with my family. I wound up working in the house and I didn't need, I just, one thing I didn't get to, the getting the phones was during that time too. And that just like, that took it. And also one of the days I went to, I went to have lunch with, um, with, uh, with Paul Martin from the Vipers and, and Melanie Vammon from the Pandoras. And, you know, we went and had Mexican food. So that was like wow. awesome. Just go out and like, like actually get out of the house in the studio and go hang out with some people for a change. Cause I never, I'm like this hermit that lives under the staircase now. <laughs> I, just, I just never go anywhere i just stay home hey, you said it's a labor of love but you've you've been lucky enough to to make a living out of it and you said you're working 10 to 12 hour days when, when you book how many days do you get off during a week zero oh well usually i take mondays off like my wife's off mondays so i usually take that day off um Sometimes I take Sundays and Mondays off. You know, it's just, it really depends on where I'm at with like workload. I mean, I kind of always have stuff I have to work on, but um, it helped when I took those those ten days off to give my brain a break. But like, so I'm gonna work today, and then like I might take tomorrow off or something. But you know, typically I work like six six days a week. Sometimes it'll be like fourteen days in a row or whatever. But I'm trying to like I'm trying to avoid doing that now. I'm trying to like give myself more breaks. Yeah, you know, I'm just I just you start getting out. You know. Doesn't matter what if you love doing something. After a while, you can just get burned out on it too. Yeah, you know, you need a little break. Well, one of the things I'm curious about is 
how many bands go through your your studio in a week? Like you, I, I'm sure you have things in the constant different stages of production. Um, like, and you know so many people. How many how many bands are going through there in a given week? It, you know, it really varies because it, it just depends on like. So, for instance, like this last year, like the like probably a lot like may june and july and maybe in august i was like slammed just like it was banned it was like back to back to back to back to bands and then now it's like now it's kind of mellow i'm starting to book up i'm starting to book like my february and i've something booked as far out as march um so it'll vary because i had i had all those stretches where it's just like crazy busy and then also now it's like i gotta catch up on, on mixing and stuff too right now so it's like i'm doing some tracking like yesterday like we're doing the unclaimed stuff and i have some other stuff you know vocal things and you know some voiceover stuff coming up but um more or less it's it just it's it really varies it's it goes it's like kind of a week-to-week basis sometimes really crazy busy and sometimes just i'm mixing and hear about myself too so what is or mastering what is the most interesting or i i guess fulfilling part of the the producing process that you get the most out of i guess that i get to work on records with cool bands <laughs> you know it's like i mean you know uh, you know i, I look, it's in a way like i look at like all these little records all these records i work on and stuff it's kind of like you go on this little journey with these bands and then we produce this child or whatever this thing at the end of the day like oh oh we made we made this it's our love child yeah you know? so <laughs> I look at all my like the thing is all the records I work on I always try to get a copy from the bands just because I like to have I want the archive I want to post about it I just love having it's this accomplishment I guess in a way like oh made this thing it's like really bitching you know so um I guess that's the satisfaction and it's working in music I have my I came from like a my whole history of my family of musicians so it kind of skipped like a generation my mom had a music degree but she didn't do a lot with it but prior to her, my grandmother on my dad's side, she was an opera singer. My great grandfather, like her father was a, he was a violinist, violinist in the LA Philharmonic Orchestra who was from Latvia. He actually owned a Stradivarius at one point too, but wow. had to ditch it because he was evading the Russian army or whatever <laughs> in like 1910 Jeez. to come to America. Um, I had a great, great uncle that was like a, that played Hungarian Symbolum and he played a lot of big bands. He's in like movies and stuff playing Symbolum. So that kind of stuff. And then, so in a way, I guess I'm kind of carrying the torch or something for my family as far as music yeah. stuff, but it's just the, the, the focus has changed too. Cause it was more, it was more focused on doing shows and touring and everything. And now I'm like more focused on production and, and, and also I didn't, I didn't write music for years. I was just touring all the time. So now I'm actually doing like collaborative projects with people and everything too, which is it's really fun to work, you know, work on stuff and, Right, and I've been playing a lot more organ. I've been playing synth a lot more, and you know, working with drum machines and things too. Just, just experimenting. You know, it's just, it's fun to do different stuff with it too. Just to, you learn stuff by doing this too. And same thing with working with different genres too. Like I work on metal records, old school metal records, a little more modern metal records, punk records, surf stuff, garage stuff. You know, I do voiceover stuff, everything. So, you know, ska. I've worked on some gothy death rock stuff everything so you know you always just kind of learn it and then 
just kind of formulate your own little way of doing things or, you know, just trying to create my own sound too for this thing. And so just so it kind of sticks away, sticks out from everybody else too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's obvious when, when people follow you on Facebook that you're a fan, you're a fan of all the music that you record. Um, oh, yeah. It, it seems like a, 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 a like a, a huge variety of, of different musicians. Uh, uh, there was, there was a one the other day with this, this woman that was with you. Um, but I can't, I think she had blonde hair. Is it, was she a violinist? I think so. Yeah. Oh, so she, okay. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she's this Polish uh, classical violinist. She plays in an orchestra. So the thing with her, is that the, the projects that she came in here for is this, this guy, uh, Johnny Tyler. And he came in, it's like, it's kind of more, it's like kind of blues and soul stuff they're doing. And he brings a lot of really cool players. So there's also another girl he's brought in too, Suzanne, that's, she plays cello. And both those two play together too. And they do, they'll, they'll work with like proper full orchestras. And they also work with, they do like little chamber quartets and stuff too. They're both really funny, like, like, just like fun, crazy fun girls, you know, to have in here too. And it's, it's bitching to work with stuff like that too. It's awesome. And that's a, the thing about recording everything too, is I try to work with as much stuff, different instruments and elements and stuff, because you just learn from it. You know, you just, you just broaden your, your horizons doing that stuff is, so I, I tend to like not turn work down. Cause I just, I also work on besides the, you know, I need to pay bills and keep the lights on and food. It's just, it's a good way to like just keep expanding my repertoire and, and like my knowledge of this you know, different music. But that project's really fun. We did a record. We did a record like uh, I think it was two years ago, a full length, and it came out really cool. And then now we're doing a new one that's that we're kind of three quarters the way. We're almost done cracking it, but um, it's good stuff. And that guy Johnny Tyler, who's like the like the songwriter and stuff he's a he's a really he's a trained singer he's a really great singer and a funny guy too so you know so i don't know it's all good fun stuff awesome uh one another thing i found really interesting is you you work in television and film um hey hold on one second sure sure i gotta change my smoke detector battery i keep hearing it it's driving nuts no it's fine Oh, it's yours. It's oh, mine. Okay. That, was, that was me. I closed the door. <laughs> no, it's mine. I bought all new smoke in my house, and I haven't changed them out yet, too. So I can't figure out which but, uh, one it is. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was me, and I was like, I'm like, I'm like, man, what is that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So, um, oh, uh, f- film and television. Uh, oh, I- I'm sure. I'm sure um, that that's a very consistent. Uh, amount of work uh over and over again but but tell me about about some of the maybe the more gratifying things that you've worked on well i guess i, I guess if this ties into it well it does it's so it's it's more voiceover because I, I do some voiceover stuff but the most recent thing like that i worked on was that bruce campbell was here the actor you know uh, and that yeah. was like i totally fanned out but I, I was like trying to keep my cool. <laughs> so, but there's a friend of mine, Michael Collio, who's like good friends with Bruce. And he'd contacted me one day and he said, he's like, hey, do you, 
he's like, do you do other stuff besides music? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you do voiceover? I said, yeah, I record, I've, you know, I record voiceover because I've worked with a bunch, several people with that. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, my friend needs to get some stuff done for an audiobook. And I'm like, okay. You know, and he's like, it's Bruce Campbell. And I was like, <laughs> I was, I'm like you know? and um, so the first, like he contacts me and then I get his number and I talk to him, I, I contact him and I'm like, I'm like, hi, Mr. Campbell, you know, and it was just, it was like, hit. I was like, <laughs> oh this is so bitch i'm talking that you know so that's that was like special you know the, like those kind of things like that are always like like special moments to work with people like, and especially when you work with someone like that like bruce campbell for instance and he's just totally cool and like you know obviously he's been doing this forever so he's like completely seasoned pro the guy just like boom 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 he knows the stuff it's it's his book he wrote it's what he's doing so so he, he was just so easy to deal with once i figured out what microphone to use and the settings so that was like that kind of stuff's cool you know it's there's some soundtrack stuff i actually you know to be honest i actually do more music and and stuff like that than soundtrack stuff too there's there's you know some of these projects i'm working on too like these side collaborative writing projects there's stuff that's more soundtracky stuff and licensable for that those kind of things but yeah I'd like to do more stuff like that, to be honest, but it, it's, there's a lot, dude, there's a million people doing that stuff too. It's just, even recording studios, it's tough. There's just like, a, I'm, I'm completely, completely appreciative of everybody that's come here and, you know, I just found like a niche or something with me doing stuff. But I mean, I, I still feel so fortunate that I'd be able to like survive doing this and working too. You know, it's like, it's the work is working to get the work half the time too, is just to make yeah. sure I'm, I'm working, you know? So I, I guess I become kind of boring in a way or kind of dull because I'm just like stayed fo I just become so focused on on doing the studio. Like I don't do all my crazy stupid stuff I was doing before. You know, I just I just stay home and try to stay not get sick or whatever and just work <laughs> on records and you know, this kind of stuff too. So but you always get to listen to music. I do. And the funny thing is outside of here, I don't listen to music. Because if you work for whatever X amount of hours of the day, you're, I don't just watch TV at that point. I just need to like shut my brain off from that element. Too. Yeah. And that's not saying I don't like the stuff I work. I love working all the stuff I work on, but it's, it's, you know, you got to switch gears too. So even I drive my truck around, I just listen to like talk radio. Cause you know, like even touring, like, like in Agent Orange and stuff, we didn't really listen to like a lot of music in the van. It was more everyone's on their phone or, you know, talking about recipes or that kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like during, I think it's a little different than, pe than some people, people's perspective on it. Cause it's like, especially if you're, you know, not at this like really huge level, you're just doing stuff at a, like a very small level. Then, you know, if you're in a van and you got a trailer and you're schlubbing your own gear, you're roading yourself and all those things like that, you're just trying to catch up on, you're just trying to catch up on rest the whole yeah. time or chilling it's tired it's exhausting you know it's not people think it's like this big party and there's like you're swimming in chicks and there's like drugs and rock and roll and stuff no it's like you're going to cracker barrel uh on a six-hour drive or whatever for to make it the load in you know or waffle house or, or whatever you know you're grabbing yeah. a day off like i have a day off day off is driving for 12 to 14 hours to the next state for your next show you yeah. Know? And just yeah. Yeah, I love doing it for a long time, but now it's it's like my, I think my focus has shifted towards production, which I like. You know, it's nice. It's a little more calming too. 
I, I love the fact that you have such a, a wide history that you got to experience as a, as a, as a, an individual, I respect the, um, your journey. Um, and the fact that you come from a, a musical family, I know my father was a DJ. Uh, I wound up in television. Oh, wow. I, I wound up in television, but it, it kind of, you know, when I started doing these podcasts, it's like, you know, I could have been doing this for a lot longer. <laughs> hey, what, 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 your dad DJed on a radio station or? He, uh, he DJed since he was 16. And uh, so that was in the 60s and, and 70s, all the way up through the 2000s. And they bought a radio station in the mid 90s and sold it in the mid 2000s. And then he passed away in 2005. Um, but yeah, he was, he owned a station for a little while with my mom and, uh, he was very good at programming a radio station. Like he knew how to make it run and how to make it make money. I have no, I have no experience in that other than being on the air. I've worked, I worked for him for a couple of years. Oh, that's cool. No, that's cool though. I was actually, I was actually on a show for a while, a radio show. Uh -huh. It was this uh, radio show with the. I don't. Do you know who Kat Monroe is? No, no. She was so there was a there was a station that was out here like in in the uh, east of here at a place called Upland, and it was a, a it was a it was a radio station, Chaotic Radio. Then it was like a legit. It was like a radio station. It was just it wasn't. Uh -huh. It was legit with a broadcast and stuff too, and advertisement. And I went in once, and so Kat Cat, who's an awesome friend of mine, and she's just such, such a rad support of like, especially the punk rock scene and music in general. She was co-hosting the show with this guy, this guy Dutchie. Um, they the show together, and I came in. They interviewed me or whatever. It was like, oh, the guy from Agent Orange or whatever. I came in and did it, and then somehow we like we clicked with them, and I became friends with Cat. And then eventually, Cat got her own show. They're like, oh, hey, Cat's doing her show because I came back a couple times on the show as a guest. And um, so they're like, Cat, you know, Cat's like, I'm starting my own show. Do you want to do the show with me? And I was like, Yeah, that sounds rad, you know. And so she was like, What job do you want to do? Because I was still touring a lot, so I couldn't go to the station because that station with traffic was like two and a half hours from here or something, which was a oh, wow. lot to go in there. So, so she's like, well, Why don't you just do a call-in segment? And she's like, What do you want to do? So I was like kidding, and I go, I go, the weather. With like a question mark, she's like, "All right, you're the weatherman." I'm like, "All right, I'll be the weatherman." <laughs> you care something, right? Oh my god! And then I, I and then I kind of parlayed it into because I was doing these weather reports into road reports, and I would call when I was on tour. I would call and I was doing these Agent Orange road reports, and I would go, I would plan them out, and it would be like once a week. So I would just look at where our tour itinerary was, and so it's like okay, the show's Wednesday or what it was. I don't remember. And it was like, Wednesday, you'll be in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I would sit there and I'd do a little research and I'd look at like fun facts and history things about Albuquerque, like weird stuff, like wacky stuff. And I would plug the show you're in. I'd, I'd talk about the weather back home here and i talk about the weather in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which made no sense because no one else, <laughs> you know, listening probably, you know, i talk about the bands, we were touring stuff. It was fun, and I, I plugged the studio too. You know that thing, and I actually have a like an intro for a minute, everything from <laughs> from my show. Oh, that's just, awesome. It was fun. Yeah, so just you know, and it helped too because I used to do radio stuff 
like prior to doing that show and everything, I used to get really super nervous about doing radio. Like I'd be like, yeah, shaking. Yeah. And then after I did that a bunch of times, I just like I'm like, eh, you just you get to that point where you can just kind of comfortably talk to somebody on the radio. It's you kind of forget it's there, like that wall's there, and you just do it. So, you know, but that was fun. Radio's radio's rad though. It's a it's a it's a fun show, but but she has a show. It's called Look What the Cat Cat Dragged In, and it's actually more video and music based that she's doing. It's online, but um, but uh, she's she's an awesome rad support too. Good person, so. Just want to give her a shout out too. Oh, so. very cool, very cool. Um, well, I've um, I've a I've a lot more to, to ask you, but um, I'm afraid we're gonna have to stop for now because I've kept you too long, and I know you have other things you need to do. So maybe we can revisit this another time. Sure. Um, but th- thank you so much, Dave. I I know you're so busy, and uh, I'm very happy that you agreed to talk to me and that we finally, after all these months found something that worked for both of us. Man, Ryan, thank you. I do. I, I totally sincerely appreciate your guys' support too. It's, it's like really rad. It's like, you know, it's, you know, I'm a little guy in this whole thing. So I, I really appreciate you guys like the likes and the shares. I see you guys do that stuff too. So it's, it's rad. And I, like, I, I see your guys, you know, your guys interviews and stuff like with Lewis and, you know, all those things that that yeah. like supporting. So it's like, any bit of support for any scene or just like musical genres, like, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it goes a long way. Cause it's, cause it's funny too. The thing is I was is thinking about like the, like a lot of that stuff's kind of, people are kind of out of touch with these things too now, as far as, I mean, especially with, with COVID going on and everything too. It's like, man, the good old days of like going to put flyers out and being connecting with people. It's, it's kind of getting like becoming a lost thing you yeah. know, in a way. Yeah. Not to be Debbie. Debbie. <laughs> about this. <laughs> But, Although you know, some, like some, some people are putting up some great uh, flyers um, made on the computer online. Uh, some of the flyers are getting pretty good as of late. We used to do the cut up ones back like back in the yeah. Long Wars days. Yeah. So I worked at a place called 3 one Concepts, and that was with, with Jake. I played them on boards and Deke Dickerson. We all shared an office together. And um, we used to do all our, we had a big, huge, like Kodak copier we had in the office and we used to make all our band stuff off of it too. So we used to do all the cut up flyers in the old school, like, mm-hmm. like cut and paste ones. And, and then Jake and I would go down to Melrose and put quarter size sheets out for our shows and everything. That's how we started off, like, <laughs> you know, and foot. so it's, it's way easier now to connect with people, you know, without having to put yeah. a bunch of stuff out, you know, when I, when I was in college, I was in a band and I was working at a deli and we needed covers made for our, our our first release. So I went and got a job at the copy place. And then when the covers were made and I had we, we went and folded them and everything and they were all printed. Uh, I, yeah, I quit the job and went back to the deli because that was more fun. <laughs> it was the was it the new deli in New Delhi? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> As, sorry, it's corny dad jokes. But, um, <laughs> That's funny. So wait, how long did you work the deli for? Oh, uh, maybe two and a half years. It was while I was in college. Nice. What was your, so what was your favorite thing to make? What was your favorite sandwich? The Thanksgiving sandwich. So they uh, had like stuffing and cranberries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a big fan of that. Too, so. nice. What's that? 
Oh, I said nice. That's like everybody's got their favorite like sandwich. Yeah. Too, so that's that, that's important for the kitties at home watching this podcast. <laughs> you know what Ryan's favorite sandwich is? Comment comment below what your favorite sandwich is, and then give a shout out to Dave uh, for, for doing I'll, this. Heard of. There it is, musician producer. Check out yeah, Dave, so it's, it's, check out Dave on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and he has his own website. What is the website, Dave? It's a it's just DaveKleinRecording.com. Awesome. Uh, w I asked my daughter the other day if she knew what www meant, and she said no. <laughs> wow, that's funny. So it's how old's your daughter? 18. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, like, oh, the kids now, they don't know what www is. So, but yeah, I guess you don't even bother putting that in anymore, do you? No, you don't, you don't even need to. Oh, okay. That's funny. Yeah, I guess I don't like really that. Yeah, it's like HTTP colon backslash slash slash www.davekleinrecording.com forward slash. Awesome. That's the that's the official that's the official address. But yeah, Instagram. I'm a. It's just Dave Klein Recording, and I think on Facebook I have a my personal page, and I have you know a Dave Klein Recording. There's a common theme here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's good to keep it all keep it all the same. Yeah. So the thing about Dave Klein recording, so it's it's not supposed to be like one place. It's because I do I'll do mobile recording stuff too. So it's like uh-huh. that way it kind of follows Air Force One. Or whatever too. <laughs> so, like, uh, oh, so I went. So speaking of Pennsylvania, I went out a couple years ago. I went to Allentown and produced and recorded a a, a punk band there, the uh, uh, the Clap. Okay, you know I'm band. from up in that area. Yeah. Yeah, so that so that and they've been around since whatever, like the late seventies. So they they actually, man, those guys are awesome too. Johnny's really super nice guy, and so they they flew me out. I flew, flew out and I worked at a like a local like a kind of like this like my my studio here, one that was in Allentown that was right down the street from Johnny's house too. The singer, oh, nice, and and that guy that, that the guy Brian that owns the studio, he was like another guy we we got along really really well. It was awesome, and it was it was cool. I got to hang out I hung out in Allentown for. A week or so worked the record then i went to philly and i actually did sightseeing for once like i was i went there many times never saw anything except yeah. for maybe the liberty bell at three in the river so yeah. i spent a day or two there i have a cousin lives there too so hung out with him and then i went and did i went and saw the the the, the penitentiary like the you know the oh yeah shape, which was awesome that was like that was like mind-blowing how how cool that place is and then stuff like rock, the rocky statue and all those things that was yeah. like it was neat i spent a day or two just ran the car and just like hung out in philly and did a whole thing where i was like on vacation for once you know i was by myself which is kind of boring but it was like it was still <laughs> fun to see all those things you know it was neat and, but it was a good way to wrap up the work there too yeah the museum's cool too yeah 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 so all that stuff just it was neat but definitely the uh, over the years, going to Philly, well, like say Agent Orange and stuff, the Liberty Bell, it's the the security on it changed a lot because the first yeah. time I think we went and saw it, or I seen it, it was just like you'd go there at like two in the morning and just be like out and open. Yeah, you could just you just walk up to it, ding, 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 and like tap on it. Now it's like it's under glass and it's in this building yeah. and all that stuff too. But it's still neat, you know. It's like different yeah. thing, but I, I probably saw it 
you know, it was, it was, it's better lit up and stuff now too. It's neat, but you have to go through a whole like airport security to even see yeah. the Liberty Bell. Yeah. Know? And I don't really totally understand or appreciate when you go to that area, the history of all this, you know, of the founding of the United States, you know, of America yeah. too. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty touching. It's sad. To, anyway, I'm not going to get that stuff, but it was neat. So <laughs> Philly's in, and, uh, and I saw in Philly, there's a tremendously huge food court there that's indoors. That's downtown. That's like crazy. I went there with my cousin and had probably one of the best ice creams I've ever had too. At this like some place there it was really awesome ice cream. So I don't know the name yeah. of that place, but recommend it, whatever it's called. Probably <laughs> a whole lot of restaurants building or whatever. So I think you know what I'm talking about, right? The huge food court. Uh, is it the one in the gallery? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like huge, like 50 restaurants and a bunch of ice cream places and yeah. stuff too. It's neat. So, yeah. You know what, the- what's funny, there's random buildings in the city that you go, you go in and they take the steps down and there's a food court in there in random buildings. Oh wow, yeah. So it's like that. Well, I guess they're just repurposing it, right? For yeah. Something. So yeah, everyone's got to eat. You know, you can, you can walk in just about anywhere and get some and get something to eat. It's I love I love that city. It's uh, it was it was hard to move home from college. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's cool. No, nice. Yeah, it's it's neat. Well, I hope to go back one of these days too. So, yeah. well, I work there now. So, um, oh, that's. Yeah, it's nice nice to be in there. Traffic's not so nice, but uh, I like being in the city. Nice. Well, you know what uh, Fear said? I love living in the city. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, well, I'll let you go, dude. So, yeah, let's, uh, well, we can pick this up sometime, too. It was awesome talking to you, Ryan. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I have a lot of a lot of fun listening to the music that you that you help create. So I appreciate what you do, man. Thank you. I appreciate the support, really, and I appreciate all these bands that have been here and everybody that, that buys the records from these bands. Support these bands too. It's not just about you know. It's not about just me, obviously. You're in that stuff too. It's really it's about about the rock and roll, you know. So totally. a, good, a lot of good stuff out there too. So pretty totally. cool. So hopefully things get a little better and people are able to play shows easier. You know, coming up. Everything I, agree. I, I agree tough uh, times but well anyway, i hope all right. you have a great day and and maybe it's a little a little bit more relaxing for you than oh i know you're probably getting more back into it now that you had your time off but <laughs> i hope you have a good day yeah, gonna... you too thanks ryan i'll talk to you soon man okay cool bye everybody bye-bye